right, starting a series today uh, entitled Understanding Spiritual Authority. It's kind of a, a stumbling block for a lot of people in their homes. And uh, a lot of people get frustrated with the whole idea of spiritual authority and what's the role of men in the home and stuff. We've been talking a lot about women. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, what it means for a man to be the head of his home. We read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, Paul says this, and now I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, the head of every woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, I believe there's been a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means for a man to be the head of the home. For what many have mistaught is that the head of the home should be the doer of all things significant in the home. A man should make the most money. The man should be the best handyman around the house. A man should handle the finances. A man should pay the bills. A man should be the disciplinarian of the children. And the man should be the one with the most spiritual insights in the home. And you should know more about the Bible than your wife, etc., etc., etc. In other words, a man should be, 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 and do, 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 do. Well, I want to make something very clear to you as I start this session, is that that is a very false assumption. Now, this is not a message arguing on why men should not do anything, all right? But what I'm trying to clarify is just because the Bible refers to a man as the head of the home doesn't mean he has to do everything of significance in the home. Because the result has been this. A lot of women have heard this. A lot of men have heard this uh, preached by pastors. And the women are frustrated that their husbands are not these great beers and doers in the home of everything significant. And they've been, uh, you know, believed that the men should be. And then a lot of guys have become so discouraged that they just give up. You know, uh, you know, I'm not good at it. I don't know, I'm a failure, da, 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 and they kind of pull away. What does it mean for a man to be the head of the home? It simply means this, that ultimately he is the one responsible for everything that happens in that home. All right? But that doesn't necessarily mean he has to be the great beer and doer of everything in the home. That is an unbalanced picture that has been taught by evangelical pastors for decades. And it has not been helpful. It has been frustrating and discouraging in a lot of homes. Let me give you an example that you might find helpful. Now, the person in charge of our country, the head of our country, is called the President of the United States. Now, let me ask you a question. What does the President, I mean any President, not just this President, but all Presidents, what do they actually do? They don't do anything. They really don't. Now, they're surrounded by people who actually do things, but he doesn't actually do much of anything. Now, he must make decisions based on the input from the people who actually do things, but he doesn't really do much of anything. He's a decision maker, a vision caster, a leader, but it doesn't mean that he actually does most of the doing. This is not only true for presidents and countries. It's also true of CEOs and guys who do lead much of anything. I tell you, nobody does less around here than me. I don't, I don't do much doing. I don't do a lot of hand. Dan and Lathan and all the different people that we have and the volunteers, and you guys are the ones who actually do the stuff. It's not that I'm lazy. It's just if I get involved doing stuff, if I start doing all the counseling, man, I won't have time to be much of the person that God called me to be in terms of ministering the word and studying and being a vision caster and a leader of this congregation. And this is where a lot of churches make mistakes because they think pastors should also be the doers. So they get these guys in and the pastor should lead and preach and he has to do everything and he has to counsel everybody and visit everybody's boo-boos and take care of everything all the time. That's why so many churches are, are so tiny. 
There's 800, no, 400,000 churches in America. I think that's the number. 80% of them have 100 people in them or less. Anyway, speaking of doing presidents, presidents, presidents don't necessarily do a whole lot of stuff, but they're surrounded by people who do the actual doing. Uh, for crying out loud, they don't even write their own speeches. Did you know that presidents don't write their own speeches? They'll edit and have input, and ultimately it's their decision for what goes into the speech, and they'll get the credit or the blame based on how well the speech is received, but they don't even write them. They have speech writers who write them for crying out loud. I was thinking, that's weird. I mean, how hard is it to write a speech? You can't even write your own words. You got to have somebody else write it for you. But this is the way they do it, and all these presidents do it. But you don't have speech writers who walk in saying, for crying out loud, how come I got to write all the speeches around here? Why don't you write any speeches? You're supposed to be the president. I went to a conference, said real presidents write their own speeches. After all, in the Bible, it says all leaders are supposed to write their own speeches. No, it doesn't say that. It teaches that leaders must lead. All right? But it doesn't mean they have to do everything. Interesting stuff, isn't it? It's fascinating. Now, by the way, uh, not only with uh, speeches, you know, the president is also the commander-in-chief. He's the one who's in charge of all the armies and stuff. But most presidents don't really do anything with the armed forces. In fact, it's been a while now. A lot of them who've been presidents have never served in the military. Wouldn't surprise me if a lot of the presidents wouldn't know the difference between a tanker and a B-1 bomber. But yet they're in charge of the whole enchilada. But you don't have the joint chiefs of the military marching into the Oval Office and say, how come we got to do all the military stuff around here? What don't you do? What kind of leader are you? You don't know jack about nothing. You wouldn't do that. Now, in third world countries, they do that. You know, they'll have coups all the time. The military takes over because they don't think the president knows what he's doing. But that creates anarchy, like in a lot of Christian homes, where the woman instigates a coup and rebels against her husband because she doesn't think he's being the proper leader of the home. By the way, we just finished the series talking about women showing respect to their husbands and submitting and all that kind of stuff. But again, when there's really bad behavior, a woman is not required to tolerate that kind of nonsense. And we talked about that in detail. But the norm is a woman should be respectful to her husband, just like a man should be loving and kind and sacrificing for his wife. But a lot of people, women struggle with this whole respect thing because they don't feel respect. But that's because so many women run everything through their feelers first. Look, respect is not something you feel, it's something you do. And if you can't get that, you'll always be frustrated with that. Okay, respect is something you do. It's separate from what you feel. It's like if the president of the United States came in this morning, you know, I would stand up, I would clap, I'd show respect to him, all right? I don't run it through my feeler, okay? Because I'm not real crazy about the man myself. That's just me. Don't write me, write somebody else. But, you know, I, I'm not. I don't like his policies, da 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 so what? It's not a matter of being saved or not saved. But if he shows up, I'm going to be respectful to the man. Why? He's the president of the United States. I don't run through my feelings. I don't, know, I don't feel like being respectful. I don't like him. I, I like all the presidents better. I'm going to sit down and turn my back to him. No, you would never do that. Okay? Respect to something you do in the military. Okay? In the military, guys have to show respect to their officers. They do not run it through their feelers first. <laughs> they don't. What a lot of guys feel is 
like putting their hands around their throats of their superiors and squeezing the life out of them is what they feel like because they're very frustrating to them. But they don't do that. They come in, sir, yes, sir. They show respect. You know, right up through your feeler. So that'll set some of you women free. Quit worrying about, well, I don't feel like respect. I don't feel like, who cares? It's not based on feeling. It's based on what you do. Now, being the head of something, as I said, does not mean that the person is actually required to do everything, nor does it imply that the person is even the best at doing everything. You know, these guys, presidents, whether you like them or not, not, they don't know all that much about stuff, but they're surrounded by people to do. What they're required to do is make decisions. It falls on their head at the end of the day. But it doesn't mean that they have to do everything. And there's different kinds of leadership. Some guys are very calm and laid back. Some are very aggressive. You know, again, here's one of these pictures that we promote. So many pastors have promoted that the man has to be this certain kind of a guy and this big take-charge leader in the home. That's not necessarily true. A lot of guys are very quiet, very passive. doesn't mean they're not leaders. They're all leaders. At the end of the day, they are responsible for what happens in the home. It's just that they're not all the same. And I think some of these stereotypes is why it gives us so much trouble. Now, men and women who think that just because a man is the scriptural head of the home, that he should handle everything of significance, uh, you know, these are the people who put an unbalanced burden on the man, and it's not helpful to him, and it usually ends up being quite frustrating to the woman. And if and when the guy can't measure up, he feels like a failure, and then he withdraws, and she becomes even more critical because he doesn't measure up. And it's just this destructive cycle. And it's not what God intended when he said the man is the head of the home. And again, this is not some oppress, oppressive thing of some guy walking around bossing his wife and kids around. That's not what we're talking about. And we, we talked about that in the, in the previous series. Uh, now, a fairly, fairly recent survey showed that 70% of men admit that they feel like imposters or posers at what they do in life. Uh, there's this constant voice inside a lot of men's heads that are always saying to them, you don't really know what you're doing. And everyone's going to find it out sooner or later, and then you're going to be kicked out. Okay? Now, the guys who succeed in silencing that voice, these are the men who generally succeed in life. The guys who aren't successful in silencing those voices end up struggling a lot in life. Now, ideally, a supportive and loving wife helps to quiet those voices. She reassures her husband that he is of great value despite evidence to the contrary. My wife does this for me. I mean, nobody could go at me worse or have more to attack than my wife. She sees me all the time. You know, just not on Sunday morning in front of the TV or, you know. She lives with me. She knows my failings, my shortcomings, and stuff like that. If there's anybody who could point a finger and say, you know, you're not such a spiritual guy after all, Mr. Preacher. Ha, 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 that funny guy. <laughs> you know, she doesn't do that. She doesn't stick up and throw stuff back into my face. She encourages me. And when I'm the most discouraged, she encourages me that I can succeed. So ideally, a guy has that kind of wife who helps silence those voices. As I said, my wife does this for me. Sadly, there are millions of women who do the opposite. They reinforce those voices of doubt. They are the loudest voices of doubt. These are women who constantly remind their husbands that they're disappointments and failures. And you don't do what you're supposed to do. And the Bible says this, and you're not much of a Bible guy. La, 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 la. And it just rips the heart out of the guy. 
reinforcing every negative voice he's trying to silence. Here's something a lot of women don't understand. A man will generally turn away from an area that he doesn't feel he can succeed in. Now, women don't run through that filter. Women just do stuff because they got to get, get it done. You know, when a woman cleans the toilet, she doesn't think, gee, I'm really good at it. <laughs> but a lot of times the reason why guys don't get very involved, and I'm, yeah, I'm not giving excuses why you shouldn't do anything because they don't go there, okay? I'm not saying that. But the reason why a lot of guys are so reticent to go into areas and help is because he doesn't know what he's doing and he feels like a loser now God did not create women to be criticizers of their husbands I call them criticizer in chief she was created to be her husband's helper it's this role of helping her husband though that is often a great point of frustration to a lot of women and they cry out I feel like I'm his mother I don't want to be his mother ah yes the old I'm his mother complaint look God made Eve a wife before he made her a mother. And the reason he made her a wife was for one overwhelming reason, to be a helper to him. In fact, one could argue biblically that if men did not need help, women would not exist at all. It's true. Don't clap. I don't know why you clap for that, but others... Oh, you need it. You need it, you know, for reproduction. No, that's not why God created women. Now, I don't know what he'd have done without them. I'm, personally, I'm a big fan, and I'm glad it worked out the way it did, you know. <laughs> but God did not look down and say, we need to create a woman to help, you know, the species grow. That's not what, the Bible says God created man, looked down and went, this boy needs some help. And created a woman to be a helper. That is the number one reason that woman was created in the first place. So when a woman yells that she doesn't have to help, you know, why do I have to help? It's like a mechanic complaining there's so many people's cars that aren't working properly. Hey, you'd be out of a job. So when a woman is assisting her husband to succeed in life, it is an inaccurate comparison for her to complain that she is being his mother since it was the fact that she was a wife first. It would be more accurate for her to say to her children that when she's helping them, she feels like she's being their wife. It's really true. That's But a lot of women don't like this role that they often have to play in a man's life, and they become bitter at it. Of course, a lot of women say, yeah, but he's supposed to be the head of the home. Again, being the head doesn't mean you have to always be doing everything of course a lot of couples struggle with well, who should be doing who should be doing this that and the other and home? well generally who's ever's better at it look if a woman's better organizing then let her organize if she's better with money then let her handle the finances if a woman's more given to prayer and bible study then she'll probably have more spiritual insights than the guy will and which by the way in, in the next installment of this we're going to really be talking about this whole thing of spiritual authority right now we're just talking about headship but this whole idea of, if you've ever struggled with the idea of a husband being a spiritual, how come my husband isn't more spiritually? How come he doesn't pray more? How come he's not hearing from God more? Don't miss this because this is going to be very powerful. And we'll get into this in great detail. Right now we're just talking about wrestling who should do what in the home. Again, who's ever is better at it? It doesn't mean that if a guy, and if a guy isn't good at much anything, she might do a lot of stuff. I don't know. You married him for crying out loud, not me. 
But it doesn't mean that now he, somehow it's unbiblical. This idea that people said it was a biblical for a man to do everything are nitwits and nimrods. And they got it wrong. And all it's done is create frustration in a lot of people's homes and it's time to stop. Okay? A lot of those women will say, but I want him to do it. Well, now that's different. If you want him to do it, then help him become a doer in that area. Criticizing does not equal helping. And a lot of women, quite frankly, are not helpful in this area. I tease, I've told the story before with my darling redhead, you know. I came home and it was late and I said, can you make me something to eat? She said, make it yourself. I said, come on, make me something to eat. She said, you're a big boy, make it yourself. <sighs> so I went and I started cooking something. 30 seconds, she was over my shoulder saying, don't use that pan. <laughs> don't do it that way, that's not what then you do it. This does not help one to become a cook, I'm telling you. <laughs> Especially a man. And I know we're laughing, but the reality is a lot of women, every time their husband touches anything, he just gets this wall of criticism. Don't, put, you can't put that in with that in the laundry, you ruin everything. Don't soak that. Don't, a lot of guys can't even vacuum properly without getting yelled at for the way he's vacuuming. <laughs> Bill Cosby, I thought he had a great routine on this. He said one day, he was just sitting in front of the TV. His wife comes over and says, how can you just sit there all the time? So I thought about it. He said, you know, she's right. He says, so I started trying to help with the laundry. She comes over, don't do it like that. He said, well, I came over here and I started fixing this. Don't do it like that. And I tried to clean. She says, well, we got it. And he just went back and sat down on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great routine, but it's true. Here's an example. Look at the Christian walk. Does God know that we fail? You think he's got an idea? Yeah. And believe it or not, I've been known to fail from time to time. But does God criticize us? No, he sends us the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus called the what? Helper. And he helps us through our failures and teaches us the right things to do. So a woman who embraces the role that God gave her, in other words, to be a helper, this is a woman who's doing the will of God. It's not some aberration or some broken thing in your marriage. Now again, we're not talking about guys who do absolutely nothing or behave really badly. We discussed that already, okay? That's a whole different set of circumstances. Woman shouldn't have to tolerate that. Woman doesn't submit to that kind of nonsense. But even in regular life, this can be frustrating. So number one, a man does not have to do everything significant. That's not what it means when it says he's the head. And if a woman wants her husband to do more, then she should help him to become a better doer. And this, sadly, my dear ladies, takes time and patience. You know, the reality is every study has shown that married men succeed more in life than single men. All of them, all married men do. Why? Because of this helper mode that's kicking in. Women do help improve men. It just takes time. The good news is you can eventually get us where you want us. The bad news is then we die. Because <laughs> it, it takes so long. I don't know what to die. So I don't like the situation. Well, they don't yell at me. Take it up with God. The role of helper is a significant role. It is more like the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
that's really what God intended in dealing in the home. When a woman plays that role, she's being a significant player in his life. By the way, you ever hear of a woman com complaining who's been in and out of a dozen bad marriages and relationships and everything? She says, I'm just a magnet for losers. I'm just a magnet. Everywhere I go, they just follow me. Every guy I meet just turns out to be nothing but a loser. I'm a magnet. What? Just a possibility. What if she isn't so much a magnet for losers but a maker? Of losers reminds me of the story I read recently about this guy who had been competing with another guy for this girl's affection and when they were young you know in high school and stuff and then she eventually picked the other guy and married him and but he went on to become a great success made a lot of money and eventually became mayor of the town and at their high school reunion some years later they came and they all met again and the guy who missed out said to the girl he said well you know you you chose well you did right I mean after all look he turned out to be this great success and this incredible mayor and she looked at him and said oh no no if I'd have married you you'd have become mayor <laughs> come on any guy worth his salt and succeeds in life I'll tell you knows what I'm talking about and that gorgeous little redhead in my life has helped me. And she's still helping me. She's still got a ways to go. <laughs> you say, why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Good Lord. You wouldn't want me single. That would be bad. It would just be bad. I'd be such a mess. <sighs> well, while it's not required, guys, that men have to do everything, especially if he's not very good at it and his wife's better. That's totally fine. I don't care what role it is in the home. Make no mistake, though. As men, God will hold you responsible for what happens in your home. You are going to be held responsible. Quick story here. We, we read in our Wednesday night Bible study not long ago about Eli in the Old Testament. Eli had two sons. They were dirty, rotten scoundrels, these little slime bags. And they were supposed to be helping him minister but instead of taking the offerings and offering them up to God, they took the best and they'd eat high off the hog and they were seducing and having sex with the girls that were coming to worship God at the temples and God was so hacked. I mean, you can imagine God was not digging this at all. And then it says, well, Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel and how they slept with the women and served at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So he said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about... These wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, this is not good report that I hear spreading among the Lord's people. That's all he did. He talked. And by the way, as I said in the previous series, talking to bad behavior does nothing. I'm amazed at how many women in really bad marriages, you know, I said, what do you do? I said, well, I tell him how I feel, and I tell him it hurts my feelings, and I tell him, listen, all he hears is, And it's the same with guys in bad marriages with women who do this. It also happens the other way around where the guys, well, I share how I feel. Listen, when someone's acting badly, they don't hear it. Words mean jack squat. The only thing they're going to hear are consequences. And Eli refused to give the consequences. He just talked to his boys, but didn't really do anything. Never really challenged them to man up. I took too much work. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. 
But God held him responsible. Later, God says to him, why do, you why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I'm prescribing for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel? Eli could have easily said, I'm not doing that, because he wasn't. It was his sons, but God held him responsible. That's what happens when you are the head. It falls to you. So while you don't have to do anything, not anything, I mean, you don't have to do everything, you need to do something. You don't have to do everything. And your wife might have more insights, and be, might be more skilled in different areas, and that's perfectly fine and normal. Everything else is just this chauvinistic nonsense and a stereotype that the man has to do everything. It's ridiculous. If your wife's better at it, fine. But make no mistake, buddy, at the end of the day, it's your responsibility. That goes for your kids, that goes for the whole enchilada. It falls on you. I had a couple after the service and she says, yeah, we got this straight in our marriage some years ago. She says, I just realized if God's going to swing a two by four, all I got to do is duck. <laughs> it's going to hit him. <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. Again, this is not an argument that women have to do everything and that men get to do nothing. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this stereotype that if you're the head of the home that a man has to do Everything of significance is nonsense. And if you've been thinking like that, change your thinking. That's stinking thinking. So well, I'm better at almost everything around the home. No, 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 no. That's fine. Leaders are often surrounded by people who do much better than they do. I'm one of them. I'm not a real good doer of organization. You wouldn't want me organizing Celebration Church. <laughs> Lord, it would be a mess. I can't get my microphone to work half the time. <laughs> All I'm trying to show is that it is not some kind of biblical failure if a man isn't good at doing some areas and that his wife is better at it. It's perfectly fine. And this is even true of spiritual leadership, which we'll talk in the next session on this issue. A lot of couples get very frustrated because the woman seems to have more spiritual insights than the guy and she thinks he's being a spiritual failure. He's not. We'll talk more about that. If you've ever struggled with that, you cannot miss this because it's going to be very powerful. Look, ladies, if you want your husband to be more of a doer in certain areas, help him. Encourage him. Don't just criticize. And let God use your gifts. Whatever your strengths are in the home, let the greatest strengths rise to the top. Let's break the stereotypes and let God just build, help build strong families. Well, thankfully, God doesn't always just criticize us. He gave us the Holy Spirit, as I said before, to help us. So the question is, do you have that help working in your life today? Male or female, is God helping you to become a better person, to help you succeed in life? Do you have God's power at work inside of you? You know, I mean, the same thing's true with us, guys. I mean, we all make mistakes, we struggle. You know, I'm not where I should be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. It takes time. Even the Christian walk takes time. But if you've never truly surrendered your life to God, you can't have that wonderful power working in your life. I'm going to invite everybody to bow your heads in a word of prayer with me this morning. If you're here listening this morning at a celebration campus, wherever you're at, uh, at our campus around here or the uh, correctional facilities listening right now, maybe, maybe you've never really experienced God's forgiveness and grace in your life. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you all to repeat this after me. And if you'll mean this prayer from the bottom of your heart, you can experience God's forgiveness in your life today. 
Let's pray this together. Say, dear Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. That you love me so much, you went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender to you. Amen.